You're listening to Raising Anchor, a Rhode Island FC podcast. We're glad you're here. Hello and welcome to Raising Anchor, your podcast and source for all things Rhode Island FC. I'm your host, Matt Entrican, and with me today is our co-host, Jason Carey. Jason, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good, buddy. How about yourself? I have no complaints. Lots of news. Lots of news to go over today, but, uh, but no complaints. The weather is finally not being your typical Rhode Island weather, meaning we can actually enjoy it and it's not going to change in the next five minutes. Uh, and I am just looking forward to another excellent show with you. How 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 are you doing? Good, good. Like I said, just uh, you know, going through the motions, doing the things, keeping capitalism running. You know, that's that's how we do it. Got to keep working, making that machine make some money. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because hey, listen, let's be honest. This podcast, it ain't paying us. It's not paying me, and I I'm not paying you. So. Man, <laughs> did I? Didn't you read the fine print in the contract? Yeah, you know, I don't. I only skim. Oh, I thought you were going to say you don't read. So I, I do know how to read, but it's just like I don't got time for that. Nobody I, does. I tried. I tried to look it up on Audible. I couldn't find. You know, I think I think Audible no is the one on place where we don't have our podcast yet. I think we have to get like an omnibus. I was, no, I was just trying to find the contract notes. On <laughs> no such thing. And cliff notes? I don't know. There's nothing there. Speaking of cliff notes, we've got a lot of fast and furious things to bring to the listeners today. And uh, I, think, I think it's important we start with the big stuff in USL. And before we jump into the largest topic, I think we need to establish right up front that Tom Brady, Patriots legend, Seven-time Super Bowl champion did not buy Birmingham Legion FC. So you mean he bought the wrong Birmingham club? He bought the wrong Birmingham, exactly. I, I looked at it online today, and like there were the people that kind of read the first word, again, like because Audible didn't read the contract to them. They read the first word and were like, ah, Messi's here now, and now Tom Brady has bought a USL championship club. Did not happen. He he bought the other Birmingham. Giselle uh, Bunchen wasn't there to like kind of correct him, make sure, like, hey, this is not the one you want. If anything, Giselle bought Birmingham Legion. Like that's just like show him, hey, you bought the wrong one, and with the money I got from you, I'm going to show you how to run the club, another club, the right way. So, dueling Birmingham Birminghams. Oh man, I wonder if they've ever like had a friendly. Like they've come across the pond one way or the other, and like, hey, let's. Let's square because Birmingham City's in they they're still in the championship, right? In in the EFL. Um, yeah. They're one of those clubs that goes up for a, a season little, and then comes right back down. Up and down. Yeah, yeah. Back and forth. And Birmingham Legion is squarely in the championship for the country that matters here, USL. But that would uh, that would be fun. I, if, uh, Birmingham, if you haven't squared that away and 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 had a little. A little cross the pond Darby, you're uh, you're missing out on some marketing right there. So again, we're just dropping freebies episode after episode. But um, so yeah, so Tom Brady, not a partial owner in the USL, not yet at least. Maybe maybe one day, but not looking, yet. Looking forward to uh, Patriots Legends Drew Bledsoe. See what team he's going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think many people could. Uh, I, I, how many people do you think like keep track of expatriates players these days? Like. After like a season or two, do you, do you like 
Do you think that they still follow every move that they do? No idea. But would you believe me if I told you I used to have a Drew Bledsoe jersey? (laughs) I I feel like this is a trap question, so I'm going to say yes, I will believe you. Long time ago. Anyways, uh, what else we got going on here? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, in other USL news, um, so it sounds like uh, New Orleans, the NOLA project, is back in the running to be joining the league at the USLC level uh, sometime around 2025. Uh, Originally, this was an announced project that they were going to be looking for the, you know, partners, the location, um, and that there was going to be a little bit of delay. So there was very much an interest in bringing soccer to the state of Louisiana and New Orleans specifically. Um, but they didn't, they didn't have all the plans worked out yet. Kind of like how, like if you think about Rhode Island FC in 2018, like there was an announcement, there was an effort, but the tangible you know, stadium and player parts of that design hadn't been, hadn't been built yet. And it looks like they're a lot closer to some version of putting players on a field somewhere and this may be an effort to bring some direct competition to, uh, I think there's going to be an uneven number if, if one of the clubs that's on hiatus returns. I'm not quite sure yet, but NOLA is definitely back in the mix to uh, begin competitive, competitive play in 2025. And that's really exciting because if you look at a heat map, um, Louisiana actually doesn't have representation in the soccer federation right now. Like, I think Houston for the Dynamo would be the closest soccer experience that they could have. And nobody wants the Houston Dynamo as their soccer experience. I mean, not even Dynamo fans, right? Yeah, that, that is one empty stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you always, and you know, it's funny with the Dynamo too. Like they're such a bright color. So then, like when you see those bright orange uh, seats just empty, it's like, ooh, come on, buddy. That's that's not helping anybody. But um, so so yeah, so they have Nola entering the mix. So they join all of the other state, uh, excuse me, not states, but all of the other clubs that are expansioning into the USLC, so you still have the Milwaukee group, you have the um, the Iowa group, you have us, of course, um, and I think when we last announced the Arkansas group, I don't know that it's been confirmed that there'll be a USLC. Uh, I still haven't seen the... I've seen the announcement that they'll join the USL, but because of all the shakeup with everything else that's going on, I think that maybe some of the championship um, rights in terms of buying an expansion... Uh, club into the championship that might be getting put on some sort of evaluation now because there was other news that, um, you know, if Tom Brady, if one of the goats of football was buying uh, a team, uh, another goat was not also buying a team in uh, Akron, Canton area of Ohio. Uh, News broke that uh, that area had announced a USL expansion uh, in like the good old, you know, Goodyear Rubber Bowl area. Uh, home of the blimp, by the way. Fun fact. Love me some blimps. Nice. And uh, if I could ever be a captain of a blimp, that would have been the ultimate dream job, you know? Apparently, you can just put that on your LinkedIn. I mean, <laughs> there's there's only like four captains, I think, on the planet. And like, who are they, they going to... They might actually come for you. They'd be like, you are a liar. <laughs> Do you know how hard we had to learn how to float? Come on now. Um, but yeah, so, so before anyone jumps onto like the Akron, uh, connection, people are already like, is LeBron connected? So he's going to sell his shares in Liverpool to, <laughs> to get in on this USL party. Well, Hey, I don't know if it's a conflict of interest. I mean, again, different. No, I mean, I, 
I don't know FIFA if there's World, any FIFA World Club, uh, FIFA Club World Cup would probably be the only time where that would actually break <laughs> I don't out. Follow him well enough to know if he's actually got any soccer interest. Maybe. I mean, I he, mean he was at he, he has soccer interest. He was watching Messi when he debuted. I mean, and he was there for the game, right? He wasn't there for the popularity. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but he people were already like attaching, like, oh, this is LeBron's like side, side, side project. No. Nothing like that's been announced. So no Tom Brady yet, no LeBron James. Uh, and if you hear anything otherwise, uh, it's just someone trying to grasp at straws at the so, moment. So in a similar vein, you're, so USL expansion, just like Arkansas, but we don't know which USL kind of like, you know, because there's multiple tiers. Yeah, because there's championship, division one, and division two. You need to go back and listen to episode okay. two again. You just got to pay attention. So, so <laughs> do we just need a USL sorting hat? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so you you good 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 joke, but like that's kind of where we're at. So the hot off the press breaking news that we got uh, a few minutes before we started recording, and we're still trying to kind of unpack the the ramifications of it is we knew that the announcement about the pro rel vote was going to happen um, kind of as a summary decision next week. We didn't know if the details would break but we knew that the club owners would come together on an agreement to move forward with a proposal to continue or to delay, uh, outright reject, or you know figure something else out. And a lot of the indicators from the inside sources that it provided was that a majority of the clubs were leaning towards favorability, again, to distinguish themselves as a Division One product that could compete with MLS. Well, it turns out that that might have been a bit premature. Uh, it was just a kind of announced over the socials that the owners are asking for a, not a rejection, but a delay and an understanding of some of the qualifications that were going into the vote. And it was really interesting to me that, you know, you're getting to the 11th hour of this and the things that I saw in the, in the post were that they didn't understand the broadcast revenue. They didn't understand the sponsorship revenue shares between the leagues in terms of like who would be allocated what but the scariest one, it was like the very last line of the social post was, we didn't know which teams would be forced to start in the lower league. <laughs> and it's like, like I can't imagine, who is going to sit there and be like, yeah, we'll go down. We'll, 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 we'll bite the bullet. For the health of the league, we'll, we'll, we'll face that consequence. Who, no who, one's going to do gonna, that. Who's going to be the hero, take one for the team? But it's not just one. I mean, if you do the math, again, we, we kind of talked about this, right? There's 24 teams now. Within two years, there could be, a, you know, it just depends. There could be 26, there could be 20, it, there could be 30 teams. It's, it's getting crowded in here. Yeah, and, like, with all of the expansions, like, it's great if those are coming in one step below, but you really, you need to get to 20. Like, 20 is the magic number. There's a reason, you know, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. There's a reason that works in just about every other league. It, it It's a good, even number. It's consistent. It's the right number of games, especially if you introduce interleague play or tournaments i don't four clubs already six maybe eight like who who are you gonna tell there's no there, no one is gonna sign up for this it is going to be a bloodbath the season that they decide it will be the most chaotic year in sporting history in the entire world there will be six teams fighting for their life no one can promote from the lower league so like that season's a wash like you could have your best year ever like we're the usl champions or like USL won champions. What did we get? You got a you got an attaboy. You, you got a pat on the back. Nice. You're not promoting. Like it, 
it's it I have no idea. It, the crazy thing is like there are a lot of other leagues in the world who kind of all do this. Can you just, you know, look over and copy their homework? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like can't we can someone just figure out, you know, I mean maybe some of it is not easily accessible information, contracts and stuff like that, but you know, grease some hands or whatever. <laughs> Send out some scouts and kind of kind of figure out how does everyone else do this, and just just kind of at least to give yourself a basis. When you're saying that they have no idea how to like start with this, it's almost like do you guys want to do this? We don't know how we're going to do it. Do you want to do it? <laughs> so I I will say this. I think that when a majority of these leagues made these decisions decades or centuries ago, it came from a time and a place where it was just about the competitive nature and it wasn't about the profitability of a club. I think that 90% of these transactions these days occur on a financial sustainability and profit model and not just the we want to win. Like like look at the EPL and how they've like they were trying to introduce that if you if you took the top 6, right? Like there's more invitational cup opportunities for you now like it used to be the top four. It used to only matter if you were the number one, right? Like today in the age of competitive soccer and in, in the highest league, it's really more about finish mid-table and try to do a good job because there's usually predicted winners. I don't think it's this winning mentality that probably existed that propped these leagues up 60 to 180 years ago, whatever. <laughs> you know, like it's money. And how do you ask a club to not make as much money? Like, as a business, like that's people's jobs, that's people's livelihoods, that's the that's the city. I mean, what if it, like what if the club falls down, and then the city loses interest, and then the, like you lose mom and pop shops? Like, there are there are ripple effects, and that's probably why the MLS honestly has never even like socialized this idea, because yeah, there's just no. too much there's too much at stake. So now here we are, and they they don't have that plan. What was I want to know what the plan was now? Like at least explain what you thought that this board was going to vote to start exploring and moving forward with. Because to me, it was six teams were going to get knocked down. You can't knock the newest six that just paid twenty million dollars to like invest in this league. So what? Let's like buy Indy Eleven. You know, like sorry, I, I, I was Pittsburgh. You did really good two years ago, and you know you've never lost or had a bad season. But this is your first time having a bad season. You got to go down. Like I don't. I, I definitely hard sell. I don't. I just don't know. Like the only way you could do it, in all honesty, the only way you could do it is have like a like a lottery draw. You put all of the clubs from every single division into into this lottery ball, and that's just where their starting is. And then you work out some like equidistant a number of um, funds, the revenue share for the year, and then everyone gets the same pie. And then you continue to get that same pie until you get knock down one level and then that, that's like your new level because you couldn't you couldn't get out of that level so like for five years they have to inflate their numbers and then things would normalize that that's it and then if you're i mean god if you're rhode island fc and you start in league two division three and we have to crawl up just because we chose the wrong like time to get our ball picked from the the jar like oh my god like i don't know i i know that's not how it's going to work it doesn't it doesn't give me good feelings like it did three weeks ago when we first talked about this. I was like, this is a possibility. And now it's like, well, maybe this was actually maybe like this shouldn't have been brought up. Like honestly, like they shouldn't have shared this because now people are gonna think that this is like a sham. 
No pain, no gain. <laughs> you got to suffer in, in the, the bottom leagues to really appreciate those top leagues. Yeah, but, or you just stay on top and you never know that's that shame. You never know. You pass that mm-hmm. on to your grandchildren, you know, like. Be born into the riches. Back in my day, my club won every game, you know. I don't know, but it, it, it definitely, I have, I have concerns where I didn't before. And it's not that I'm worried about our club per se, but I am worried about the competitive nature of what they're going to make as decisions uh, for this product, for the, for the sport. It's, it's not what I thought we were signing up for in that, in that spirit. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that initially sounds really good, but it's probably going to be, I'll have to have a lot more thought put into it. I still really hope it happens, but I think that they might have to look at, you know, how can we do this in a way that is uniquely American to kind of satisfy the business nature of it and not, you know, kind of ruin these people's investments. Agreed. Agreed. It's going to be an interesting time. I uh, I almost feel like we've brought the level, like the tone down on this podcast for the first time. Like, I know we we speak suspiciously at times, but like this one was like a real like, oh man, that's not fun to talk about. So I say, before we jump into the, the real news, I need to tell you a story because I think you have a story to tell me. We were talking the other night about the Mandela effect and how I thought for like 25 years that Sinbad filmed a movie named Shazam with a genie and you, you instantly knew what I was talking about. That movie doesn't exist. I know. I thought it existed too. I still think it does because, like, there's no. I I I can vividly remember Sinbad in a genie costume, causing some Sinbad hijinks. And I don't know if I've blended like First Kid and um, Jingle All the Way into like Kazam. I don't. I don't know. I'm not sure where it is. But you had a fascinating theory. I, <laughs> I mean, I think you've unlocked the secrets of the. I think it's, as soon as you say this in a recorded device, we're this is done. We're gonna get picked this, up this by a black van outside. Out. Yeah, no, it's gonna go out, but then we'll never be heard from again. <laughs> um, so you know how, like in time travel kind of movies and stuff, there, you you when you go back, you create ripple effects. Yeah, the butterfly, literally the butterfly effect. Yeah, Yeah. I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. There's like several versions of it. And it's a, oh, you can't read. I was going to say it's a book. I'll get you an audible one for Christmas, buddy. (laughs) I know how to read. I just choose not to. (laughs) I like that you keep defending that, by the way. Allegedly. (laughs) But so, you know, I say that this movie did exist. There's enough people out there who have like these shared memories. Supposedly it doesn't exist. Someone, for some reason, went back changed it and we still have knowledge that it happened because it at some point it happened in our timeline but now it's just not there it's gone they erased it so so listeners but you can't get rid of the memories <laughs> jason's theory on time travel is is that it's used for the purpose of retconning or removing things that will not throw our natural timeline into pure chaos so it's just to make slight adjustments to things that shouldn't have happened or they didn't really matter so you're basically saying Sinbad wasn't important enough to make Shazam. That's what you're telling the world right now. Look, I, I don't and know. And we've used time travel rather than making our society a utopia to just take that off of the books. Yeah, we can't do that. It's just, <laughs> it doesn't work. They tried it already. 
Kazam was too powerful, and they were the like... Only, the only nope. people with time travel powers are just trolls. Terrible. Terrible. Listeners, uh, if you think that there's a Mandela effect moment in soccer, we would love to hear it. Because we started talking about this. Like, how could we tie this into the podcast? Do you mean VAR? <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was a goal? Uh-huh. I didn't see it. Didn't happen. That's like that's too oh, fresh the, though. The like, cameras for the uh No, I actually I do so hey, I know this. I swear this wasn't rehearsed. I know the Mandela effect of of soccer, but in the sense of like what the referees didn't see. It's the hand of God. The hand of God is like from the from the officiating side, we all saw it, we know. But from the referee side, they still to this day go, That wasn't a hand. That was all head. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, let's get back into it. So, um, so we've talked about the the USL news and kind of some of the things that's going on. But let's get into the club news because there's been a lot of stuff going on on the club side as well. And we don't want to run this pod too long with talking about Sinbad, even though we we could have an episode dedicated. I hope Sinbad shows up at RIFC one day. By the way, Just, I, bet, I bet he's a listener. I, oh man, <laughs> subbed and subscribed. Um, maybe maybe he bought those stickers. <laughs> So um, in the in the news for Rhode Island FC, there's a there's a couple of interesting things. So one is they bought a bookstore. Um, oh, I, buddy, they bought a bookstore. You're gonna really have to pick up what, that reading case. What kind of books are they gonna put in there? <laughs> so they didn't buy a bookstore, but they did buy the storefront where a bookstore was in uh, on Main Street in Pawtucket. Um, and they're gonna use that to expand their offices. They literally share like the same wall, and they're gonna use that to prop up. Um, either more space or a retail like storefront. I'm not sure which one they're going to lean into for that. Um, they haven't really quite said yet, but they're just basically expanding in the building that they're currently at. Um, so that's exciting. I, I hope it's a storefront that's like dedicated and not attached to the office, so you can kind of go in as you need to. You know, the front office doesn't get bombarded with like, oh hey, uh, I'm here to get a scarf and tryouts. Tryouts. Where, where are the tryouts? Um, so we'll see what that does there. And then in other news quickly related, uh, I just, I want to touch on this because I know, I know some listeners are going to like just groan, but McCoy stadium, it refuses to die. Jason, this stadium should have been demolished at least a year ago. They, they couldn't get it done. They were still working on the funding. Then they said, Hey, let's send the old girl out with a bang. They wanted to go do fireworks. It rained on like three of their firework dates. So they've pushed all the way back out to September and now a billionaire wants to try to buy this this freaking stadium while they just want to make a high school. And, and we've kind of talked about it real fast. But what's interesting to me is that this this hasn't died. This has this continues to like hang on by life support. And the idea behind it is that if they can move the high school to the Apex Pyramid site, that there could be a joint functionality to supporting both a baseball stadium and the new high school that they need. And what's interesting is, is that the high school would make more sense at the apex site because it'd be more like centrally located from the east and west sides of Pawtucket that the river splits. But there's not enough space to build the high school and all the amenities that you would want, which is what you need McCoy for. On the other side, I could easily see them demolishing McCoy putting a new baseball stadium on the apex site. I think there would be some um, space issues, like the, the field wouldn't quite fit, so you'd have to kind of do one of those things where like you're basically, there's no back, uh, there's no outfield, you're just hitting it into the water. But like, I started thinking about that. I was like, man, 
if this guy bought McCoy, that would accelerate the entire Tidewater landing project. Whether or not he invested in Rhode Island FC, that could be really exciting. And that could finally get people, the, the naysayers, like off of our backs. We could just get all of that infrastructure built and we could have two great sporting products in the middle of, you know, downtown Pawtucket. Like, I don't know. Does that, does that excite you or is this just more like Russian billionaire talk and like it's just a distraction from other things that are going on in society? I mean, maybe they they see this as like kind of tied in like, oh, hey, if if a soccer team is going to start up here, there's going to be a lot more interest. If there's that the housing project gets completed, you know, like this could be the new happening place to be. And if there is maybe, you know, a desire for some for some old baseball. Little yeah. little bat and stick 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 ball, stick stick and uh, glove ball, whatever they call that thing. American classic sport, you know? And it's a classic. It puts you to sleep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love baseball. Actually I, I really do enjoy baseball. They, they they sped the game up. Yeah, I actually really appreciate what they did. Yeah. I can actually get a game. And even if the score is one to zero at the end of the day, like I can still have a good time with it. So I apologize for all the baseball fans that I offended. Um, but soccer is still the superior they've sport. Already, they've already unsubscribed. It's too late. <laughs> but so, yeah. So anyways, it's interesting because I, I, I'd be really curious. Like, like we could take advantage of that. But at the same time, we've seen this shell game played before. And I think we've been accused of it ourselves as the soccer group. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that shakes out. And then in the rest of Rhode Island FC News, so I wanted to make sure we had a chance to read the the presser that they announced about some of the additional acquisitions and uh, personnel that they've brought on because it's going to definitely tie into one of our next stories. So uh, do you want to educate the uh, the population on kind of what Rhode Island FC has been making as far as moves in the front office? Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go ahead and read this up here. Um, I'm going to do my best to pronounce your names. Sorry if I mess it up. Oh, they all listened, by the way. Oh, man. I had that confirmed. So, no pressure. <laughs> and I'm not going to give you any. I, and to be fair, I did ask someone in the club if we could get a pronunciation chart of the front office personnel. And then most definitely for the player, because you know we're going to get some international players that are going to have some fantastic names that we can't say. I, I, I'm not too worried about that. Um, you know, I, as someone who's been watching soccer for a long time. So I just need these people to go play a game and we just need Ray Hudson to like say their name as they receive the ball and make a pass. And, and you'll then, remember, rem- then I'll you'll just remember forever. I'll have it. It'll be nailed, nailed on. <laughs> All right. So we got some more acquisitions here. Rhode Island FC has hired 10 additional front office staff over the last two months, including a director of ticketing who has previously held a similar role with the Florida Panthers, director of corporate partnerships with the NCAA division one experience and a director of digital media with international soccer experience. In all, Rhode Island FC has created 15 front office positions in Pawtuck and has hired four full-time members of the club's technical staff. So we got Brian Kim here, the director of ticketing. He joins Rhode Island FC after working with the Florida Panthers, NHL's reigning Eastern Conference champions. Before working at NHL, Kim worked with Phoenix Rising in the USL Championship. And then we have Frank Mitchell, the Director of Corporate Partnerships. Mitchell is coming to RFC after working in corporate partnerships for the Holy Cross Athletic Department in Worcester. He's responsible for overseeing the creation and growth of Rhode Island FC's corporate 
collaborations. I love a good collaboration. <laughs> the best. What do you like, like more, a collaboration or a collusion? <laughs> well, it's all about the collusion. <laughs> Not in my IPA, boy. <laughs> all right. Continue. We've got uh, Ben Riemann. Raymond? Sorry, I'm trying. Director of Digital I'm gonna, Media. I'm going to say Raymond. Raymond? Yeah. Yeah, Silent Eye, maybe. It's the he, two ends that throw you off. Yeah. So he is our Director of Digital Media. And then we have Mary Kelly, Senior Manager of Human Resources, and also Stephanie Kaliri as the first Grassroots Marketing and Community Relations Manager. She's a longtime Rhode Islander and highly regarded in the state's youth soccer community. She most recently led marketing for Soccer Rhode Island and served as the Executive Director of the Barrington Youth Soccer Association. So what do you think of those, those, that's all like kind of the leaders that have been brought on, right? Like your directors, your, your senior managers. I, I think that the, the ticketing pickup, I mean, that's amazing, right? Like, so we, we already know someone that has USL championship, um, skills, right? Cause like sometimes these don't transfer. You can say you were in, you know, the Anaheim ducks and it's like, okay, but like, does that mean the same or you know I literally I guess in this one it's the Florida Panthers right I should have just used what was in the presser I don't know that that's always a one-to-one relationship but the fact that this person has done both of those things I think this is a I think this is a really great pickup I, I think all of these people actually are just again like the right people getting brought in for the right reasons yeah I think like I mentioned last time I we just you know everything we keep making from what I from what I can tell it seems like we keep making the right decisions. We're trying to put the pe- right people in the right places. So, no, yeah, I'm excited. And Stephanie is definitely going to be one of the people that we're excited to to reach out and connect with as the the grassroots, you know, marketing and community relations manager. She's going to definitely have a big part to play in connecting the people and the communities to the game itself, and then also kind of working through us to help us uh, get information out to you, the listeners. Um, and some of the stuff she's already giving us is helping us kind of stay ahead, even though this podcast is like four weeks delayed by the time you hear it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it sounds too like that uh, experience she has with the youth soccer community could be huge too. This is a brand new product. You know, we want to get the kids interested and like have a goal like, hey, this is a team I could play for here in my home state. It's one of the first questions that we want to ask her definitely is kind of like, what is your your youth history here and, you know, where do you see it tying into Rhode Island FC? So uh, we, we already have an interview um, kind of lined up to to reach out to her and so we she'll already have to have answered this question. So by the time she hears this part, like hopefully you answered this question the right way for yourself, Steph. So, um, so who else? So that's not all of the numbers. Yeah, so, so what else have we picked up? We got a few more. So this, let's see. Um, we have Caitlin Alfonso, the manager of ticket operations. Christian Martinelli, ticket agent. Brendan Ridlin, a ticket agent. Uh, Laos Teixeira, who apparently is already, uh, is already stalking us on Discord. <laughs> yeah, so he's definitely been uh, giving information out on the RIFC Discord and kind of keeping people alerted to what we can expect when it comes to, to ticketing and, um, and seating strategy. So that's awesome that we've already kind of started to see a presence in the, in the Discord. And then one more ticket agent, we got Rachel Zingerman. So, so that's interesting. So we have our entire ticketing team ready to go. Like when you think about 
you have the director, you have the manager, you have all of your agents, and then on top of that, you have your corporate partnership kind of established. To me, that that says like, hey, we are we're aware that we need to get ready for you know ticket operations, which is a perfect segue into what they announced uh, just yesterday. Um, and so, for those of you listening, even though this will be literally days before the um, the event. Uh, it's going to be really exciting to announce that the season ticket membership conversion for the inaugural 2024 season will actually officially kick off um, on August 29th to begin the seating selection for where you want to sit for um, for the Bryant University uh, games. So at, at Bernie Stadium, um, this is not, at least we don't know yet, if this is also connected to how you'd be selecting your seats for the Tidewater Stadium in 2025. My guess is is that will be a separate event, and they'll probably have to work through kind of the logistics of understanding who came first. Uh, we kind of shared that on the last episode where we, we didn't really yet understand uh, how that would be designed. But um, here's a quick rundown of things that should have already happened for listeners that are connected to the, um, to the ticketing event. So one, if you did purchase the season ticket deposits um, before the 22nd of August. So that is supposed to be the rundown time. Um, I don't know if that number will change. That's just kind of what the front office has floated to us as like insider knowledge. But um, if you have registered for season tickets, you should have at the earliest received an actual email from your dedicated ticket rep. So one of the names that Jason just read out should be your assigned ticket uh, specialist. And then you'll be able to, um, from there, you can either take a link that's going to be provided to you and go directly to SeatGeek to set up your RIFC account. Or if you don't want to go that way, you can go through the RFC's direct account link and work through creating your account on that side of it. I'm sure the uh, ticket agents will be there to help with any troubleshooting or any questions or problems you may have. Um, but remembering that SeatGeek is its own third-party app, so they're, you know, I don't know which one's going to be the better one yet, but uh, following those directions. So that's by August 10th, and then um, by August 18th. So if you're coming in late from like that 22nd window, this may not be as applicable, but um, by the 18th of August, you'll receive an email for your ticket uh, seating selection window. So this is going to be a timed event. We don't know the amount of time between windows at this moment, but based on when you placed your season ticket membership deposit, you'll be assigned an opportunity to select seats uh, at Bernie Stadium. The interesting thing about this is that um, you, if you intend to want to sit with family or friends, um, you can't select your spot and then have it guaranteed that like you can't do like a placeholder. Um, for those individuals that you want to sit with, you'll actually have to wait until the latest person in your party's window opens up, and then you can all select seats together. Your window does not close at the end of the window. It just continues to run until the moment that you select. Um, but of course, as you're waiting to have that friend or family member catch up, other people can be selecting seats that you may want. So, um, you know, I think that's pretty straightforward in terms of, of picking up your options. I'm really excited to see what that looks like. I can tell you for listeners, if there's any opportunities in terms of issues that you're having, the first thing that they would recommend is just check your email inbox, uh, your spam folder, just to make sure that nothing's getting directed to the wrong place. That happens more often than you would be, uh, than you'd, you'd expect, I think, in this day and age. 
especially considering Rhode Island FC is a new club. So like your spam filters may be like, what's going on here? Um, but if that's still the case and you're not seeing your emails come in from the club and you know you bought those season ticket deposits, you can call the front office directly at 401-955-RIFC. That's 401-955-RIFC or 7432 if you don't like letters. Um, and if you don't want to call, you can email them at goal at rhodeislandfc.com. And if you don't want to do that and you like to just show up in person and yell at someone, uh, you can visit them directly at their front office uh, on 175 Main Street in Pawtucket. Um, so, yeah. So, Jason, what are your overall impressions of this ticketing experience? Do you think this is the right way to do it? Um, it's interesting. The, the one thing that stood out to me is is where we're, we're selecting them because, you know, we have, you know, Defiance 1636, and I wonder how that's going to work. Are they just all going to, like, we need to wait till the end because you, you want them to sit together, right? You want them to create the environment, that noise. And if they were all spread out, like that's, that's not going to be great. You know, I don't think that's going to be an issue, but I do to your point, wonder if they're going to show that on the map where they're going to sit because some people don't want to be that close to it. Right. Yeah. there will be that like one person who like selected the seat in the middle and they're like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Right, like, or, or even, like, just adjacent, right? Like, they've got a child they end up bringing with them, which, if you're that person that brings, like, a three-year-old crying, a three-month-old crying baby to a soccer game, you're the problem. Um, but Or just, like, the giant... I mean, I've seen those giant flags that those guys are going to be bringing. Like, what if it just waves over, like, spills over to the side a little bit? I, w- I would want to know. Like, I honestly... I don't know that I'd want to sit right next to them. I enjoy watching them. I enjoy, like chanting but i don't know that i need to be danger close to the defiance 1636 yeah i mean i don't want my boat burned down (laughs) (laughs) i've definitely had had a lot of fun being in those supportive groups but there are times where just like you i just want to i want to watch the game and have a good time i want to i want to go to like when you go to costco or bj's i want to sample the defiance 1636 from time to time and then i want to go back you know like i don't i don't want to buy i don't want to buy the whole thing right up front that's they're too intense. I'll be honest, guys. I'm. I'm. I don't have what it takes to be a Defiance member. I just. I, I don't. Ha- I don't have it in me anymore. It's twenty years too late for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a little late for me too. There, you know. There, I can. I can dig deep and I can find that energy sometimes, but it's not for a, five minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an always on kind of situation there. <laughs> I'm. I'm the person that will like when they start to slow down a little bit. I'll come in raw raw a couple times get the get the juices flowing again and then like okay i did my job i'm i gotta go sit back down and take a breather but but so yeah no i i i don't i i love the idea but you know what i think i find really interesting is this nowhere in the release did it say it was an in-person event it says it's registering online registering your account registering on a portal i'm I'm a little confused why they wouldn't do an in-person like experience, like have the entire front office staff there invite you to windows. You make it a eight hour day, you know, and like people can come in, get that FaceTime with the organization, make it a fan appreciation moment, meet the people that are there at that point. Like I, I just, I don't know how you're not inviting people. And maybe it's because they're afraid Smithfield's too far away. I don't, I don't know, but, I would absolutely have people come to a tour of the stadium. If you're not sure, let us show you what how fun it's going to be. And then bring Defiance out. Like, have them show up and just be partying the entire day, too. Like, 
like letting them, everyone, some people are visual learners, people are tactile learners, and people are auditory learners. That's the three styles, right? I'm a kinetic person. I need to go see it. I need to feel it. I need to understand what I'm buying. Otherwise, I'm just looking like a movie theater. Yeah, I'm not that close, so I guess I'm fine. And probably some jerk's going to pick the seat right in front of me or right next to me, and it's going to ruin my experience. Like, I don't know those things yet, and I haven't spent time at Bernie, so I don't know. I feel like an in-person event would have been an amazing, an amazing draw to bring in the people and just get them fired up. Yeah, I hope that... Um you know, when they open Tidewater, I hope that they do something like that. Oh, I think if they don't do maybe, that for Tidewater, at least, yeah, then come on. Yeah, at this on. point, maybe it's just like, yo, you know, this, this, just, this is our temporary home. We just got to do what needs to be done in this kind of situation. I, I, I guess. I, you know, it, we'll just have to see. It's Either way, I'm pumped. Like, don't get me wrong. So where do you think we should put our tickets? Like, just so that listeners know to avoid us or if in case they want to see us and then we'll, like, make something up later. Like, that's not where we chose. Are we going, like, the feet? Because normally when we've bought season tickets for other things, we do the we do the spectator mode of, like, the FIFA, like, that FIFA level, right? So I'm all about second level, front, center, center yeah, line. I don't think there's a second level kind of place, No, right? No, there isn't. Yeah. But my, my point is, is, like, are we going to be, like, super close to where like we can sniff the axe body spray on the players or are we going to be like up on, dead center like true. what do you, what are we thinking here card noir um i don't know <laughs> top right messy you know like those graphs <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a behind the net person though i'll tell you that yeah i i've had i've had some fun having that view but i'm definitely like middle kind of like slightly higher up view yeah yeah, I'll be I'll be towards the back. So for listeners, if you want, I I don't know numbers yet, but I'll be as close to the center line, dead back, and and a thirty two. So Bernie, I don't know which way the sun hits, but Bernie does have like a press box on the main side. If I can use that press box to give me shade, I will literally be the row farthest back against that wall. You know, maybe I'm going to find that row because that's a headrest spot. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this on this podcast. Everyone's going to go for oh, my yeah. seats now. Dang it, they're already gone. <sighs> listeners, if you get my seats, let's talk a barter trade out and we can make things happen, okay? I'll uh, give you one anchor. <laughs> I've got a sweet set of stickers I can <laughs> I can give you guys. But okay, so uh so that's the exciting news about the the season ticket uh membership conversions and and kind of assigning your seats. We don't have pricing, obviously. Um that's something that's going to probably be announced closer to the date, so Looking really, uh, looking forward to having that information. We'll probably already have picked our seats by the time the next podcast goes live, so we'll be able to share where we landed, and, and hopefully there's some really great stories being shared by everyone uh, that listens. Having said that, uh, let's jump into, let's get caught up back on track. How's the USL doing? Uh, looks like some stuff has happened a bit here. Um, we've got, you know, a wide range of, I don't know, a wide range, but some teams are have some games in hand. There's definitely uh, some ups and downs. Is anyone so who's still at the top of the table across both I mean, conferences? So, so on the east we have Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh's still sure commanding lead. Yeah. Okay. So in the west we still have Sacramento as well. But the big news was that uh, the teams that we picked played last week. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a bye. <laughs> I don't know. Where's that time travel? I need I need Sinbad to <laughs> wish that game away right now. So even despite despite Rio Grande's five two victory over the locomotions. <laughs> the locomotions. 
How dare you throw insulting shade at my team's name when mm. I'm still higher up the mm. table than you? Yeah, no, they didn't, they didn't move places. <laughs> they have a game in hand, though. They're pretty close. If they if they won that theoretical game in hand, it could bring them up. So you know. Okay, so so we give us the give us the top uh, the top eight in each one rapid fire. All right. So and, and by the way. I, I did get some feedback from a listener that they were like, hey, I don't know the names of the clubs yet, so saying just the city isn't enough. So oh, okay. make sure, make sure that, because like, they're like, Pittsburgh, like, what? Who's, who's Pittsburgh? Okay. Um, so in the Western Conference, we have the Sacramento. Okay, so the, the problem is, is this is my fault for not having the, a table that has, I just got names of the cities, and then it, like, Trails off, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so, right, so you in, got Republican in, so first. In, yeah, so in future, I will I will have a different table. So you got to memorize this. We got to be professionals about this. Yeah, because I was like, it's R, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, I, I think, think I should know this. I think but. I have it memorized. So you say the city and I'll say the, I'll say the name. Okay, so Sacramento. Republic. This one's easy. San Antonio FC. I mean, yeah, that one took the words right out of my mouth. Oakland Roots, I know that one. There you go. San Diego Loyal. Okay. Did you see the Did you see the post uh, San Diego Loyal did on their socials to the San Diego FC MLS club? <laughs> I saw that. I don't know if that's real or not. I can't say it out loud because we would lose our ability to be a family. <laughs> oh, and they have a cool basketball jersey thing going. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. It, they're also sponsored by Rocket League. Fun fact. Like just so many cool things with San Diego Loyal. Anyways, so they're in fourth or fifth? Uh, fourth. Okay. Uh, in fifth, El Paso... Lo- say the name. Is it locomotive? Say, say right. Gosh dang right. Okay. Don't pretend like you don't know. I, I'm in your I'm in your head rent free. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> choo choo. Uh, Orange County Blues. Uh, no, they they that's they, their legacy re-branded? name. They're just okay. Orange. They're just Orange County Soccer Club now. Okay, Orange County SC. The Colorado Switchbacks. Switchbacks. Okay, I see. It's like SPR. Colorado Springs. Yeah, switchbacks. Colorado Springs Switchbacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Phoenix Rising, rounding out the eight. I think they jumped up. I don't think they were there before. So New Mexico. Oh, yeah. New Mexico yeah. was it the fighting. So they're fighting for their life then right now. Okay. Yeah. However, though, they have a game in hand on Phoenix. So. You know, listen, game in hands don't mean anything because you have to win the game in hand for it to mean anything. And, like, some of these clubs haven't been winning too many games lately. So, I mean, they have a chance. But come on. All right. Let's, let's just rapid fire Eastern Conference. Pittsburgh, Riverhounds. Riverhounds, Charleston, Battery, Metallica, <laughs> Tampa Bay, <laughs> Rowdies. Rowdies, Louisville City SC, Memphis 901. 901, yeah. Okay, Birmingham Legion. They, the Tom one, Brady's the one or, he should have. Sorry, bought. the wrong Tom Brady team. Or the right if you're a Ooh, Maybe a, he's a, a clone. Maybe fan. it's not the real one. <laughs> he's an alien. <laughs> FC Tulsa. And then rounding out the playoff spot is Indy 11. Oh, Indy 11, hanging on. Hanging on. Awesome. Well, thanks for the recap there. Um, you think we're still going to get an RGV playoff game where we have to go? How are you feeling? Uh, I mean, that'd be cool. Hoping. Okay. Praying to the old gods. <laughs> and the new. Well, you know, we, uh, we, should, we should start thinking now tactically because you're still going to play each club in your division. Or, sorry, in your conference. i got to say the right word. We should find out. Um, which one we want to travel to next year? Because obviously we're going to go to Hartford, but after that, we should find out which one we want. Like, make we should get the girls involved, and we should make a vacation of it, so that way we can use it as a. We're here to to have a nice, you know, couples weekend, but like we're really here to watch 
the Tampa Bay Rowdies get crushed. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to figure even like even whatever the schedule is, we'll have to figure that out. But collusion. Exactly. <laughs> They'll never see it coming. Just that their significant others run a podcast on a USL championship club. They'll never see it coming. Um so yeah, so tonight's main story, and I don't think we've even shared what the lead is gonna be on this, so we're terrible hosts. Um but we want to talk about the kit. Uh, and more specifically, the kit designer, because we don't have a kit yet. We don't know what that kit's going to look like. Um, and But we wanted to at least kind of give the listeners a quick education on what they can expect from the producers of our kit and kind of have an understanding of the backstory of what goes into um, that whole logistical kind of effort. So you ready to jump in? Let's do it. Awesome. So first and foremost, the kit sponsor, or not sponsor, the kit designer uh, is going to be Capelli Sport. That is our kit producer. Uh, They were founded in 2011, and they identify themselves as a global multi-sport athletic apparel brand that is based in Manhattan, New York, Um, but they focus specifically on uh, soccer markets. So while they do branding for other sports, their their main effort uh, is within that soccer kind of ecosphere. Um, Having said that, most of the clubs that they do support from a kit manufacturing perspective are European leagues, um, or excuse me, are in European leagues. Uh, And in fact, they only currently represent 4.2% of the uh, USL Championship League's kit production. Uh, And that's represented in this season, having only uh, made the kits for the Colorado Springs switchbacks. Uh, It was really interesting when I saw some of the breakdowns on how kits work in the USLC, I was surprised. The I, I thought, for some reason, that this would be like only one brand has all of the clubs because it just it's easier for revenue sharing and it's easier to like build brands out, but that's not the case. Yeah, that's actually u- uniquely an MLS thing as far as I know. I don't know of any other leagues where like everyone just has the same. Oh, really? So I'm I'm... I'm the one, I'm, I've been domestically groomed to think that that's how it would work. Um, potentially, I mean, so if we think about, think about the English Premier League, um, what Manchester United has like, it's, Manchester United has had Nike, Adidas, I don't know who so they have right the now. And I then, don't pay attention to that. I look at the jersey, I look at the sponsor, and then I like, move on like oh that's a cool kit or oh okay but it's not my club so it's not my problem i've i've never put an effort into thinking about the spon- the manufacturer of their of their jerseys it's actually a re- it's a really big source of revenue for a lot of these clubs so that you know depending on the size of size of their global fan base so like i mentioned manchester united a very large globally supported club can demand you know this is this is our contract this is what we want and they can get you know Eighty million dollars or whatever. So, so Rhode Island FC is going to get eighty million dollars because we're just as popular as Manchester United in the state of Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, I, 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 that's fascinating. I guess I just, you know, it's the, it's the details that you just don't catch. Um, I wonder, but having said that, I wonder if the MLS system is actually more beneficial to when when a league is not as thriving, right? So, like thinking of the roots of MLS and how like it almost collapsed 20 years ago, seeing how some of the problems at the USL championship and like the NISA and the NASL have all faced over their lifetimes. 
Um, like, sure, the league now is profitable, but like, could it be better if they standardized the jersey production all under one manufacturer? I don't know. I don't know. It'd be an interesting uh, analytics uh, pursuit to know, like, in leagues that are not as established as the EPL, what is the better you know, run of course. But, but anyways, that's a tangent that we're not going to, we're not going to get too much further. And I just wanted to make sure that listeners knew that we will be the second club that Capelli Sport um, sponsors inside the, the USL championship. And uh, what's interesting again about Capelli, I don't know if I'm allowed to like say just Capelli, like, I wonder if I have to say Capelli Sport. Like I heard a long time ago, I don't know if this is true, but you couldn't, well, I worked at Starbucks and many, 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 many years ago, and like they weren't a big thing yet because there was better coffee out there or, or just wasn't super trendy, but they made you say the word frappuccino. You couldn't say a couldn't frap. You say frap. Nope. The customer could say frap. The customer could do whatever the heck they wanted. But you had to say frappuccino to keep or protect the branding rights of um of the name frappuccino. Like the copyright. Corporate branding. Yeah, well, I mean, I quit that job like literally 30 days later. So clearly they didn't indoctrinate me. But uh, but yeah, so fun fact. I, don't, I wonder how that is. Is it Capelli Sport or Capelli? Anyways, for tonight, it's going to be Capelli because I need to shave down the words I'm using. Um, but what's really interesting about them is on top of kind of their European League connections, uh, it's important to kind of announce that the biggest team that they dress is AEK, AEK Athens. So that was really interesting because that's, that's a club I know. I think I played them in FIFA or something. And I've never really paid attention to the jerseys before. So that's their biggest team that they dress in terms of popularity and like total production sales of their jerseys. And then also, though, they own 40.1% of a club in the third tier of Bundesliga. Uh, they own it, and the club is MSV uh, Duisburg. What's interesting about that club is they're an original uh, Bundesliga founding club that has now been kind of set on some harsh times and, you know, not doing so great because they're on the third flight. But um, so that's kind of the breakout um, or makeup of Capelli Sport. And the interesting thing as I started doing the research on the other clubs is that they have their own distinct flair the same way like Adidas or Nike or um, Puma have when it comes to like some of the design elements that they put in. Um, so you'll always know it's a Capelli Sport kit because they always do the same thing where they run this broken line across both of the shoulders. So it just looks like a bunch of squares. I call it a broken line because it it's they they don't they're not continuous Dotted in the same line shape. Kind of yeah thing. yeah exactly. So that's always like in every single kit they design, no matter what the 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 colors or the distractions inside the kit or the distresses to the kit. Uh, they'll always have that broken line. So if you guys see a broken line, that's how you'll know. And a great reminder or kind of if you want to see what it looks like already is if you go on the Rhode Island FC merch shop with that new um, those new trainer kits that they dropped, you'll see kind of what that distraction uh, over, the, over the shoulders looks like. So having said that, um, I mentioned earlier that of the eight uh, brands that are, you know, currently in the USL Championship, with Adidas, Pumas, uh, Pumas, man, it's been a long day. Puma uh, and Hummel being the the major brands, uh, there's only the, the the switchbacks that currently have um, jerseys that are being produced by Capelli Sport. Obviously, our listeners can't see what we're looking at on the screen, but I do have up for you the last three years of kits that kind of show the range and design of what Capelli has produced for the switchbacks. So for listeners, uh, I'll try to just describe real fast. So in 2021, 
you had this white with like light blue diagonal stripe pattern across the kit and then their inverted for away was a dark black on that same blue and then in 2022 they got hit with the synthwave retro look and they had this like bright pink which like fused into a the same light blue um which which looked very neon very retro and then this year i don't know what this year's is it's like they tried to channel the supreme like tie-dye like distress pattern or it's a lightning bolt. I don't know what I'm looking at. Or it's like it's like when you've washed something too many times and then someone spilled some bleach it's into the kit. Gets the people talking. <laughs> but it's just this like black kit with blue distressed like stains. I, I what what do you think? You're looking at them. I I like them. I actually am. Uh, I I like kits from the the smaller market, like the smaller brands. Because they tend to like be willing to just do different things, like you said. Like I, I don't really know how to describe this either. But like, it's different. It's cool. There's too many. I don't know if you've you've noticed, but sometimes like too many of the big teams, like, oh, that's just like the same as the Barca jersey, but a different color, right? Like if throughout the world, a lot of the you know Adidas, Puma, Nike, like they'll have the same jerseys for different clubs, but they're just like, like there's no effort put into their design. It's just like. Hey, you know, this is the one where there's the slashes through it. And this is the one with the stripes. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I I know that the first year was just kind of like slight, but like you don't see those diagonal stripes too often like that. They're usually either vertical or horizontal. And then these like crazy, you know, like rocket pop ones, those are kind of cool. Look, I don't I don't hate it. I'm 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 a little confused with this year's kit. So if anyone wants to go just like Google image an active player for the Colorado the Colorado Spring switchbacks, like I I don't hate it. I just I guess for me, I think back to that statement I made about LAFC in one of the prior episodes about they they put so much mental energy and effort into like creating something super exciting that fans would gravitate to before they had a product and we kind of have to do the same thing like we have to be better than okay or average or even good like we have to have something so great that people don't even care about the soccer club they just want to wear this because it looks really rad like that's the level of expectation we have to set with this team with this producer well, yeah I, I guess i should preface i mean like i'm really hoping that we have like a really kind of simple and clean kind of like home kit but I'm always down for like an alternate or a way kit that's a little bit nonsense. You know, you you have the the like, especially because like I really like our colors. I like our crest a lot. To let that shine, I mean, like just I don't know, like a a nice like clean like that blue with the crest, our sponsor, and like honestly, you don't need anything else really at that point. And then you get your third kit. I don't know, maybe we we tap into some some like local artist or something and we we have to tap into the ri rogues and providence city fc groups that have those amazing kits with all of the local vendors like borealis pvd revive like the revival brewing kit where the shark is coming the jaws Ooh, yeah that'd be sick like it's almost a borderline bicycle like cycling trek kit but it's not it's still soccer like and don't get me wrong like those brands are identified as exclusive to rhode island soccer I don't think people could name a player on those clubs. Maybe the women. The women are doing really good. The RA Women's Rogues group is doing a really good, really good stuff. But like, 
they've created a brand. They've also created a, like a precedent, like an expectation on what could be delivered. That is too chaotic for, I think, a league, like a soccer league to have, like when you talk about production costs and everything like that. But like the expectations are high. I, I don't disagree with you. That can be the third kit, like that orange um, for Orange County City or Orange County Soccer Club where they have the oranges on the jersey. Oh, just do that. Like, I said oranges, a bunch of anchors. anchors. Right, yeah. Like you could... <laughs> You could do like, like I understand. Like, it'll I hear match you. our ridiculous anchor tattoos we don't have yet. <laughs> but the simplicity to your point of the design has to be so good that it it just elicits a natural buying reaction. Like I need that, and I don't feel that the switchbacks jersey that I'm looking at right now entices that kind of excitement. So I'm hoping that they get this right. I mean, they've been doing everything else pretty well, so like they've been getting a lot of things right. Um, and I agree with you. The colors are prepped to set up really well. Here's my question. Would a sash look good with those colors? Because you've already got like that shoulder kind of almost looks like a rank. So it's like that navy sailor vibe, especially with the, the amber, gold, orange, yellow we have. Would you put a sash on, on, an, on a Rhode Island FC jersey? Oh, yeah. I'm down. Let's do it. Little sachet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Any, any other like standard elements that you think could be incorporated? I mean, you know, most teams tend to kind of change them yearly so i mean you could have you know one year simple you could have the sash we could even mess around with some stripes you know i see sailor stripes in our future yeah like that's the chair you're sitting in is a sailor themed chair and it is striped up the yin yang i see stripes in our future sure guarantee bets like this is this is gonna we're striping we're striping boys we're striping So, okay. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, We're really excited. I hope that that's something that they can start unveiling soon. I imagine that's been in the works for a while. Um, Again, it'd be really cool to have like a a jersey unveil kit, um, like launch party, right? To all the the season ticket members that converted to purchasing tickets, inviting them to the guild, having that, having that party, having that excitement. Um, That would be, that would be intense. That would be insane. So I do want to touch base, uh, on the jersey costs. So we've talked about the design, we've talked about the history of the manufacturer, but one thing I want to make sure that we get a chance to share is kind of what you can expect as a listener on the cost of kits, uh, at least at 2023 pricing models. Um, And it's really interesting because I didn't realize that the kits, I don't know if I thought that they'd just be cheaper because it's a lower tiered league, but these kits are not, not cheap. If that makes sense, I, I threw two knots in there, but they're, 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 I guess I should have only thrown the one. They can be expensive, or they can be kind of on average. Um, but they, some of these kits hit like one hundred and thirty dollars in price ranges right now for other clubs, I should say. Like, does that take you by surprise? Uh, a little bit. Um, I would think the average would be a little lower there. You would think like the highest tier would maybe be at a hundred, and you you could get a regular kit for maybe around seventy. But, like, there's quite a few clubs that are selling over $75. I think 85 is the, the league's average. And the Capelli Sport Kits at the Switchback, they fall under that price range. They look like they're about $85 for the current kits. That retro kit, uh, the, the what do you call it, the, the Popsicle? The, uh, the well, you know, that, I forget already <laughs> what, what it was, the... <laughs> You had a really cool name. That's why I was just trying to remember. I guess it, it's it's a real thing. I, I know. That's why I wanted to know more about it. 
Um, but that kit's going for 100 So there could be these opportunities where like they have their baseline kits and then maybe some rarer third kit or something that they really splash out on is, is more in the, the triple-digit range. Um, so I don't know if that's inflation-proof. I don't know if that's a league minimum expectation or like maximum for a new club, but... Uh, for anyone that's thinking about buying a jersey, like that's the thing to start thinking towards in terms of saving for one. Um, but they are the the sport Capelli Sport Kit is on par with the current league trends, no matter which other um, jersey manufacturers are being used. So that kind of also makes me think that it's up to the club itself to decide the prices. For Island FC, don't 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 fleece us. Don't you dare fleece us on the first year. Fleece us. After you've won a, a trophy, and we got to go get that star and put it above the kit, like don't you, don't you do yeah, that? Yeah, once once we're hooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you gotta you gotta ease us into the addiction, okay? You already have two scarfs out in the in the store club. I have both of them. You got to You just gotta bring me into the waters gently before you drown me, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I will never be able to financially recover from being a fan of this club. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing you right into the deep end. Oh man, walking that plank. So hey, listen, this is a short episode. We're not we're not here to do an hour and sixty minutes. I guess that'd be two hours, but we're not <laughs> here to do that to these these fine listeners today. Especially we're struggling. <laughs> this episode is. Got, I blame Sinbad. I'm putting it back on Sinbad. He has he has used his genie magic, and we've broken the space time continuum. Um, but speaking of timing, how about you uh, let the listeners know what's going on for the club and for the supporter group? What's going on in their space? All right. So we got some uh, events up coming up here on the horizon. So I, is this where the 826 Brew at the Zoo confirmed? That's confirmed. Yeah. The, the front office uh, let us know that it's been locked down. Nice. Got to be there. Uh, 9-2, the Dragon Boat Races and Taiwan Day Festival at the Festival Pier in Pawtucket. So for those of you that have never been, uh, don't go because Rhode Island FC is there. Go because dragon boat racing is one of the coolest things you can ever watch. They have a bunch of people, and some of it's professional as, as much as dragon boat racing can be. Some of it's just like friends coming together. Some are corporate sponsors. But you have you have your row teams, and then at the front of the boat on the dragon head, you have this person leaning forward to grab a flag off of a floating buoy to see that's how you win the race like so it, it's just it's like it's like rowing kayaking and like capture the flag i don't know it's it's just it's so cool and the the taiwan day festival is is all about uh kind of what's going on in taiwan we're not going to touch that subject because we're not a political um podcast but they do have a lot of great cultural uh things that go on that day from both uh like entertainment song um and expression as well as some of the best food i've ever had it's all like locally sourced for the day um i i cannot stress enough if you guys are free on on that saturday go for the boats say hi to the rhode island fc group and eat some of the delicious food but what else we got going on nice and then uh let's see saturday nine sixteen, rfc will be at brown watching the brown bears versus the bryant bulldogs at 7 p.m Okay, okay. So those are the Rhode Island uh, yeah, FC so we, official we, events? Mm-hmm. So we've got a few more events here. Uh, Defiance is doing some stuff. On Monday, September 4th, they will be attending a match between the University of Rhode Island Rams and the Providence Friars, taking place at URI at 7.05 p.m. And then uh, one more, we got Sunday, 
9-10. They'll be at the Festival Guatemala at Roger Williams Park. Make sure to say hi to the group at their tent. So we've got a lot of college soccer that either Defiant or Rhode Island FC is going to be at. And then we've got some festivals. We're 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 making we're we're making moves here as a as a community as a whole. Like we're we're getting out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's 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 the thing about soccer is great is it never ends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to be willing to you know like watch other teams. You know, watch speaking with your national team too, limping out of. The, <laughs> well, so again, this one will yeah. Be by after the time the, it comes out, we, we mentioned. Over. So who knows what. At this no. point, though, we said last week that the the women were running running tall, and then this week Carly Lloyd goes full Alexi Lawless and complains about the heart and spirit of the of the team. And I don't know, I I, I don't know. We'll see what. Well, I mean, we'll already know at this point, but it'll be. Are we time traveling? <laughs> <laughs> Go back and put some money on the Cubbies. Um, yeah. No, I agree. So those are the events that we got going on. And then we have we have a couple of listener questions. Uh, one of them is going to be really difficult to answer now, given the state of the state. Um, so from listener Michelle. All right. So Michelle wants to know when are tryouts. Um, you know, we would like to know ourselves, too. <laughs> it would help with our planning of <laughs> scheduling. We, yeah. we asked the club on, I, I on a the, weekly I at this point. Too is, yeah, since we're a little behind on posting these, um, you know, we don't work for the club. We don't know. But as soon as we know, we will let you guys know. We may have to cut into an episode if we're, like, cataloged ahead of time, like, as a spoiler alert. Breaking news. Like, <laughs> after, <laughs> if you listen to the metal ending and, like, after the guitar solo clears, then we'll just drop it there. So this will this will make listeners have to listen beyond okay. the, the the end oh, okay. credits. Or, yeah, we could do. It's like a it's like a spoiler or not a spoiler. One of those uh, end scene credits, you know. Yeah. What? Else? Oh, and then uh, we've got for what? So again, Stephen, we really appreciate this question, but we kind of already explained it. I, I don't know. Yeah. So he wants to know when we'll know if ProRail is coming and if there is a risk we do not play in the USL Championship and have to start in the lower league. So it's a, first of all, it's a great question. Yeah, because like no one has come out and said that we would not, but no one has also said that we would like automatically, as a as like our tenure in the league is is a younger team, we may have to face that consequence. No one has said anything of that nature. But with the news earlier that we shared about ProRail being kind of put on a delay, uh, we, we were further from the truth than we were an hour ago. Yeah. So. With that being on hiatus, I don't, you know, we don't know. Um, they've got a lot more details to iron out. Um, you know, because of that, we will be starting in the championship. Oh, yeah, no matter what, because that's not ready to go. For 2024, we are starting in the championship. Uh, who who knows you know, if we get the when wrong it, when it happens lottery number. And they, they invent the Battle Royale soccer, and then, you know, you have to put out your best striker and... What's what's that thing MLS the goalie wars? We have a goalie war competition, and if your goalie loses, you get you get relegated to lower division. Yeah, when that happens, who knows? <laughs> uh, but really appreciate the questions um, uh, and the support from the listeners on asking those kinds of things. Please continue to uh, to do so. You can reach out on any of the socials and just leave comments in general, uh, or you can reach out on our contact page of the website and uh, and you know, write like a, a paragraph essay if you want. I did have someone on one of the socials at the very beginning of this, uh, they asked the question, is this real? <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> like, uh, 
I, last time I checked, I was a real, I was a real boy. But um, yeah, so if you guys have any other questions, please don't hesitate to uh, to let us know. And then, kind of just to to wrap things up here, uh, I I figured we could just share that we do have some interviews uh, that you guys as listeners can start expecting in the next couple of weeks. We have time um, spent to sit down with the capos from the Defiance sixteen thirty six um, and ask them some questions about you know what the what the supporter group is, what it, it what it won't be. Um, what their kind of vision moving forward would look like, how they intend to operate as a as a as a group, um, both in the games in the community. Um, I I expect that there's going to be so much content from those guys, those lads, that it probably might be a, a two part episode. Knowing how long we like to run, it it could be a very lengthy time. I think it. You know, at this point, we should maybe look to becoming a trilogy and just really milk it. <laughs> I mean, those, those, go, guys, go those full, guys will talk. Go full Peter Jackson. I could, I could ask Urban to uh, give me a, a Spanish version as well for our listeners that would want to hear about the club in, in Spanish. Me no hablo español. <laughs> you, you speak a little bit. Um, but yeah, so, so anticipate that we'll have a robust dialogue with the supporter groups coming soon. Um, we're going to interview them at their home base at Craft uh, Burgers and Beer. And then we have some interviews slated with some of the front office members um, who have graciously, you know, volunteered that they'll spend time with us to talk about the club. Uh, still have to get the bigger fish in the founders and owners and uh, coaches. Those are being set up and scheduled, so anticipate those coming in like the following couple of weeks after that. But just really excited to continue to bring this group and our listeners uh, Rhode Island FC content Jason, what uh, what what are your closing thoughts today? Um, another uh, another good episode. Another Was it fun good? time? I don't know. I feel like we tangented a lot. Well, I mean, we have to sell it as good. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the listeners get, you know, the listeners continue to say that it's another good. episode of me saying nonsense and you, uh, you know, keeping us on track and. I, don't, I, I am not keeping us on track if we're running this long. I've also derailed spectacularly, but... Oh, man. But, man, uh, man. yeah, Those no. Those locomotions. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Always do, derailing. Do we, meet, do we meet again this season? I swear, I'm going to watch... The, I'm going to drag you somewhere <laughs> and put you on public shame when the locomotive runs you over. When we show up at a random bar and demand they play a USL game. Hey, that's how you know you've made oh, it. Oh, and then that's we do how shots you know you made to have to for goals. Wine shots, wine <laughs> shots. But all right, well, we're just getting we're just getting crazy here. So, uh, how about you? Uh, you let the good folks know where they can find us. All right, so you can find us on X. Is that what they're calling it now? That's the at, like that's, that name is not changing. It is. Oh yeah, X. he's got some giant logo. That oh yeah, just flashing lights everywhere. Didn't he steal someone's account that was named X too? I, I, it doesn't, I, we're I giving him too much attention. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we have one of those things at RFC Podcast. We are on threads at RFC Podcast as well. Instagram at Raising Anchor. And a website, www.RaisingAnchorPodcast.com. Got some merch on there, but again, not going to push it. Just look at the socials. You'll see yeah. pictures if you like what you see. Someone, you know, someone splash found out. it, bought some stickers. <laughs> yeah, we already sold some stickers. Uh, we also do have stickers, flyers, and uh, business cards to give out to anyone who wants to kind of help support, spread the word. So if that's something that interests you or if you just want a couple of extra free uh, pieces of swag that you can help share the, the, the message and the love that is Raising Anchor, 
uh, don't hesitate to reach out and we can we can hook you guys up. But in the meantime, uh, Jason, anchors up, buddy. Anchors up, buddy. Talk to you guys later.